Hello there and welcome along to uh, podcast three of What's the Chat with myself, Alison Craig. And myself, John Wood. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is. But only two words to say at the start of the podcast. Calcutta Cup. Calcutta Cup. Fabulous weekend. I mean, congratulations to all of us because we were fine. I mean, the the team were just out of this world. Brilliant. Every every aspect, line out, scrummage, running with the ball, defence, Everyone was a star. You could have picked the whole 15 for the man of the match. They were just oh, outstanding. Just great. And they looked so happy at the end of it. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. I tell you, I was. we were all screaming at the telly here. It was brilliant. So oh, it was great. It was great. We're on a high, aren't we, John? We're on a definitely, high. Definitely on a high. Uh, however, there were some people in Edinburgh uh, over the weekend who weren't on a high. They were actually a complete blackout. There was a power cut for 45 minutes. 45 minutes? Yeah, yeah. And actually, it was quite interesting. Ian Rankin tweeted uh, during the blackout, he said, it lasted 45 minutes. I spent 30 minutes looking for a torch and another 15 looking for batteries. Oh, it brings me back to minor strikes. But uh, yeah, very exciting stuff. We'd like to at this point as well say thank you to everybody that's been in touch uh, to talk about the podcast. We've had June and Glenn in, uh, in touch from Switzerland. We've had uh, John McMoreland from Croatia. And we were in touch with a group on Facebook and it kind of just grew arms and legs, didn't it? They're called mm. the Lost Edinburgh Group on Facebook. And uh, yeah, a lot of them used to listen to our, our old show and we had such fun with them, just just a bit of banter online. So it's a great group if you are from Edinburgh and you want to keep up to date with the history and some reminiscing and whatnot. But they're called Lost Edinburgh. And uh, yeah, they're, they're inhabited by lots of nice people, as it turns out. Yeah, and they've got some fantastic old photographs of Edinburgh, which uh, take you down memory lane. So it's definitely worth catching up with. Yeah, it is. It's great fun. And uh, and thanks to everybody that was chatting away to us on that as well. So, um, basically, I've got a surprise for you in this show, John. And okay. um, all I'll do is I'll give you a little clue. Inaugural guest. Inaugural guest. Say hello to our inaugural guest. And you don't know who that is, do you? It's, it's not Ken Dodd and his Diddy Man or anything, is it? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I've been going for is uh, This Is Us. And it's really, really good if you get a chance. There's five seasons of it, and it's really, really good. Really good. This Is Us. Is that uh, the one where the, they've got a manny, a nanny? One of the guys is a, is a, is a sort of sitcom star. Yes, that's it, right. That's well, right. he was married in real life to one of the girls in Selling Sunset. Have you seen that? Yes, I saw that. And I saw when the Cr- split Kershell, up happened. Well. yeah. He, he dumped her by text. I know. I, know. I, I mean, out of, you know, out of principle, John, I'm not going to watch This Is Us. Because he's a shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a good series, though. It really is. You know. Well, listen, don't listen to Phil Collins either, because he dumped them by fax. He did not. Dumped his wife by fax. Although I do like, or I did like Paul Weller, but he dumped his wife for a 23-year-old dancer or something. That hairdo that he's got, I'm sorry. Um, mutton just, dressed as lamb. Uh, doesn't it work? I agree. Doesn't mutton dressed as lamb. Yeah. There are certain people out there, they just need to stop dyeing their hair. Oh, look at mine, actually. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe one of them. I mean, I think Rod Stewart can get away with it because he's such a huge personality. But, you know, other people, it's not a good look. I'm missing um, the cinema, though. I must admit, I'm missing going to the cinema. You know, I used to go to the film house up the road and yeah. you've got some great... Great yeah. movies. What, what, was the last, what was the last film you went to see in 1917. Cinema? Oh, I wish I'd seen that on the big screen. You know, that was, was actually good. a lot of that was filmed in Glasgow. 
I know, I, I heard that actually. Very good. It's a true story as well, I believe. The last one I went to see was actually with you. We went to see Judy. That was great. Judy I Garland, thought she did a yeah. great job with that, actually. Renny, that was going to call her mad at Renny McIntosh, but you know, it's not Renny Zellweger. Renny Zellweger. She was fabulous in that. It was a, that was a great film. That she got an film. Oscar for that, did she not? I thoroughly enjoyed that. She film. really looked like her as well. Yeah. It was quite scary. Because it was, it, was, it was basically her life over a few days in London when she was at Talk of the Town, I think it was. And there was yeah. a few, I mean, a few tragedies, you know, quite, quite, quite sad. Oh, no, it was. I think you just see these people up in lights, especially in the old days, you know, when you just assumed they were leading the life of Riley. And a lot of them had horrible things going on behind the scenes, but they weren't allowed to say, you know, who they really were, you know, if they had partners, what side, you know, the, the whether they were gay or otherwise. All these things were hugely yeah. guarded secrets. So it must have been tough. And I mean, Judy Garland, she was drugged, wasn't she? As she was a wee girl, just to keep that's her right, that's compliant right. yeah. by the film by the film company. Can you imagine? I know, I know. it's just unbelievable. I like the way that uh, Rennie actually sang all the songs herself, so she didn't sort of dub anything anything in. I must say, I, I took against her many years ago when she was Bridget Jones and Bridget Bridget Jones's diary because she kept going on about how fat she had to make herself to be in the film, and she had to make herself into something vast like a size twelve. Right, <laughs> and all of us normal people were thinking, for God's sake, you know, we'd all be cock a hoop if we were a firm buttocked size twelve, uh, and she made it sound like she was Jabba the Hutt. The sound of music was on, which reminded me when Diane and I used to do the sound of music live when people would come to fancy dress uh, at the theatre. It was sing along a sound of music, Brilliant. right? So Diane and I would do the MCing, and I think, I think the line was always, "Do you want to, Julie?" And he just went mental, right? <laughs> but uh, halfway through, there was a, a, an interval. And uh, we had the fancy dress competition, and you had guys dressed as nuns with beards and stuff like that. Uh, the group that won it were three guys roped together with shaving foam on their head, and they came as the Alps. <laughs> Genius. And you had all these people in cotton material. You know, they'd, uh, they'd, they'd made their needle-pulling thread outfits and stuff like that. Absolutely brilliant. brilliant. What, a, what a day that was. That was a, we did about 10 of them. They were brilliant. Oh. It's, you've got to be half gassed. Okay. Oh, God, yeah. Today at the side of our road, it's like ice, and there's a hill at the side of the road. It's like watching dyslexic Torval and Deans try to come up and go down the hill. I mean, they're falling all over the place. I mean, it's pretty dangerous, actually. You know. uh, Especially but, that funny man in the first lower flat staring out and having a good laugh at them. <laughs> you. And all, all the cars that are trying to go up the hill going, nah, you're not going to make it, mate. You're not going to make it. I can make it, I can make it. No, you're not going to make it. Uh, well, that's that's oh. been entertainment, you know. There's a lot of older people in Lycra. That's never a good look, is it? It's not a good look, yeah. that. And I'm slightly suspicious of some cyclists that they just, they wear the Lycra for the wrong reason because if you get stuck behind a cyclist, they don't wear pants under those things and you can see quite oh, no. a lot of Oh, no. Oh, There's no. a lot of... Yeah, lycra doesn't hide a lot. It's 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 a gynecological nightmare being behind a bicycle <laughs> on a traffic light. You know, bum up and dingly danglers all over the place. Not did, right. I, did I tell you my bum story? Did I tell you that years ago? I don't know if you did. Well, I had I had a boil on my bum. Basically, I had a boil mm. on my bum, and I went away to America to for my holidays, as one does. And when I'm sitting with, in the plane... So you actually had the boil before you went? Yeah, that's right. And I thought, it's going to go away. It'll be fine. Sitting on the plane, Alison. Oh, my God, oh. this is not going away. So eventually, got to uh, my friend's house. I says, look, we're going to have to phone a doctor. And I'm thinking, ching, ching, here we go, America. You know. Anyway, 
this guy came out and um and the doctor and he says, Right, if you just, you know, pull your knees up and I'll just I says, Well, usually in our country we shake hands first, but you know. <laughs> so anyway, you go walloped in about it, says, Yeah, you're gonna have to get lanced, I'm gonna have to send you to another doctor. And I'm thinking, Oh gee, please. So I ended up with this Dr. Herman and uh, I'm trying to make small talk. You know you know the goonies you get with a big gap at the back, right? And I'm trying to make small talk and well, have you ever been to Edinburgh? He was a dude bugger. He went, uh, yeah, yeah, I was I used to go up with a girl from Edinburgh. She dumped me as he picks up the scalpel. And I'm thinking, you're going to take this out of my arse. I mean, basically, you know, if you don't like Edinburgh, it's not my fault. So the small chat stopped, and eventually he proceeded to do the procedure. And I thought, oh, here we go. But actually, at the end of it, he says, I'm not going to charge you anything. I've been on holiday. I know what these things are like. But what you need to do is, from now on, uh, you'll need to do some aftercare. Well, what's involved in the aftercare? He says, well, you'll need some – if you get some KY jelly – Okay, okay, and you'll also need um, some sanitary towels as well. And, you'll need to, <laughs> and I'm thinking, here we go. So anyway, I had all this stuff, and I what thought turn on. I was actually going to California, and I thought what I'll do is I'll put that in my hand luggage, right? Uh-huh. So I'm going through the security, and the guy stops me, and he says, "Is this your bag, sir?" I went, "Oh no," and he zipped it open, and he said, uh, "Oh, interesting." <laughs> so he took out two boxes of KY jelly and some sanitary towels and some other cream. And he just looked me in the eye and he says, and where are we going today, sir? I went, San Francisco. He went, oh, you make sure you have a good time then. (laughs) And that is a true story. (laughs) Oh, God, it reminds me of my mum when she was, uh, oh, gosh, it must have been back in the 1950s and she was working. Um, and she had a really bad back and she had a couple of days off and she got an appointment with an osteopath, I think it was. Anyway, she went into this guy's office, you know, she waited and she went in and he asked her name and address and everything and she gave all that and she said, okay, if you'd just like to, I'll just leave the room. Uh, if you'd like to take off your clothes and just put on the, um, you know, the, the, the gown behind the door. So she went, okay. So out he went, she took off her clothes, put on this thing and uh, the guy just came, knocked on the door and he said, can I come in? And Mrs. Craig, and she went, yes, I have. So he came back in and he smiled and he went, Went, that's my coat. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, left brilliant. again. Oh, so she, yeah, it's like God. So I thought, she thought it was awfully big, long sleeves went right down to the ground. But um, yeah, so you, these things happen. But well, I did. I mean, one of my favourite shows was Bonanza. I used to, you know, oh, uh, says, "Did you have a curry last night?" She says, "Yeah, it was like the start of Bonanza." Because they used <laughs> to remember the, the the map used to burn. Uh, yeah, that's well, right. yeah, yeah. When I was in late, I went up to Lake Tahoe when I was working in California. Oh, and, I went up to Lake Tahoe when I was <laughs> in California. I mean, excuse and, me, you flash across the Bonanza set. There's oh, the yeah. house and everything there, and it was brilliant. I ended up buying a wee Santa Ponza and all that. It's it's in Tahoe somewhere. Was it Santa Ponza? No, was it the name of the ranch, not the Santa uh, Ponza? No, it was called the uh, Ponderosa. Ponderosa. Well, the head of the Bonanza family was uh, Lorne Green. He was the father. So Lorne Green used to do adverts for dog food in Australia. (laughs) And dog food in Australia at that time used to be kangaroo meat. And now if you go to Australia, kangaroo meat is a very high fashion dish now. And you pay a fortune for 
sort of try to, you know, I think there's a, a bit of education still to go with the public, but uh, have you tried kangaroos? No, no, I don't think I have, but I have eaten minced morsels. If you remember, that used to be advertised by uh, Clement Freud with right. a bloodhound. Yes, he used to. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. And I think I've been to a few restaurants that serve minced morsels, but they haven't <laughs> kind of admitted that, to be honest. But yes, it was a high chaperone. I fancied Blue Boy. And right. Manolito. You know, I like to keep oh, my options. Manolito, yeah. And Manolito. they had a Spanish housekeeper, didn't they? And the, the one I loved probably above all others was Alias Smith and Jones. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely. Ben Murphy brilliant. and Pete Duell, the two yeah, most right. wanted, what was it, the two most wanted outlaws in the history of the West. And in all the trains and banks they robbed, they never shot anyone. I loved Ben Murphy. Oh. I, had a, I had a life-size picture of him sitting in a tin bath smoking a cigar in my bedroom. Fantastic. Which is quite odd for a 12 year old girl when you think about it because he was a grown man, but do you know, better than Donny Osmond. Uh, oh, you, well, you, were in, well, you were either a Donny Osmond fan or a David Castage. Is that not how I was, Don, I was Donny Osmond, yeah, right. Donny Osmond. But then I moved from him, who looked like a girl, frankly, to Ben Murphy, who was a fully grown cowboy with a lot of facial hair and other hairy bits. But you, you met. Heart. Your hero, Donny Osmond, didn't you? I did, yeah, I did. It was very exciting. I was working as a, a video jockey, a VJ in London, and uh, my boss knew I'd been an absolutely manic Osmond fan. So when Donny Osmond was coming into the studio, he said, right, Alison, I want you to uh, interview, you, do your first live interview this afternoon on the show. And I was like, oh, great, who is it? And he went, Donny Osmond. And I'm not joking, my heart rate just, you know, my bowel <laughs> left the building. I was so excited. I was a gibbering wreck, to be honest. Uh, and he was absolutely charming. But I phoned uh, my school friends at the time that were living in London and there was four of them and they were all sitting there grinning like Cheshire cats when I did this interview and uh, at one point they put on some music and he invited me to dance basically on top of this desk Wow! Uh, yeah and he's a fantastic dancer and clearly I'm not so I actually ended up walloping him with my sort of I think it was a Doc Martin I was wearing at the time you know and I remember phoning my mum and dad who were in Aberdeen at the time this is all in London I'm phoning my dad and saying well did you see it and he went did you have to wear those shoes that was all he had to say about it you know typical Aberdonian <laughs> what get to wear boots I remember I was I was called into the, the sports department and the guy says, I want you to do an interview. And it was at the time where they were going to introduce ID cards because there was a lot of hooliganism going on. And they thought, we'll have uh, supporters, we'll have ID cards. So I says, who is it I'm interviewing? He says, oh, don't worry, just sit down, go to the studio and I'll bring the guy in. So I'm like, I wonder who it is. So I set up the tape recorder and the door opened. And Vic says, uh, John Wood, this is Dennis Law. Dennis Law, this is John Wood. Oh. And I went, I mean, I, I was Dennis Law. I had a number 10 Man Manchester United shirt. You know, I'm a warrior. Oh. So I started the tape recording and I went, Dennis, who look at who looked But afterwards, we all went for a pint to Mayor's Bar in Broughton Street. One of the nicest guys. Honestly, oh. absolutely. Absolute gentleman. And oh, so lovely when you meet your heroes like that. Like that. Yeah. And they yeah. are nice people, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, and we've had some, some very funny ones. I remember being sent down to uh, England to interview Phil Collins because um, for a Christmas special. Uh, and off I went down and that was fine. And the interview was on, the say, the Friday. And on the Thursday night, there was a, an album launch for the Pet Shop Boys, new album. So um, I knew our boss was reluctant to tell me this because he knew I would go to the party and run amok. So I hooked up with one of our other friends, Anne Hunter, and we went to the party um, till about two in the morning. So when I was woken up the next morning by this taxi to take me to Phil Collins' house, because he lives out in the middle of the countryside outside London, I could barely get up and barely crawl into the car. And I had to say to them, like, I have all the windows open, please. And every 50 
15 minutes of going, could you stop the car, please? And I was just going out and sort of, you know, re- reintroducing myself to my breakfast. So um, anyway, I finally got to Phil Collins' house and I was sweaty and I was feeling awful, palpitating, you know, probably honking as well, to be honest. And we arrived in uh, the house and, uh, you know, it was like Alison Craig, Radio 4. It was like, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so I went in and Phil Collins took one look at me and he went, are you all right? And I went, I've got a terrible hangover. And he went, look, just sit down and make a cup of tea. <laughs> so he made me a cup of tea and gave me some jelly bellies. And uh, that got my sugar level up. And uh, then I did the interview and it was an album launch. I can't remember which album it was. A, sing- a solo album, obviously. And it was our Christmas special. Anyway, I thanked him very much. Got back. I couldn't even fly home. I took the train because I couldn't bear the thought of getting in an aircraft. It was so hungover. Um, and then appeared back at work the next day, handed over the tapes and uh, went off to do my show. And I got a call after the show, come up to the office, please, Alison. I went, oh, okay. You know, so I went up. I'd forgotten to press play and record. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes, that was my Phil Collins story. <laughs> Well, I went, I went down to London to interview Steve Winwood, and oh, yeah. uh, it was just before lunchtime, and the guy before me from Clyde, he went in, and he got his interview, and I was about to go in and said, he's just going to go for lunch, so if you come back in an hour, I went, oh, anyway, so came back in an hour, well, it was an hour and a half, two hours, and I think he'd had a couple. Oh, and really? I, I couldn't, I played it back, I couldn't use any of it, all, all we got oh. was, this is Steve Winwood's show, very, very but a very nice man, a very nice uh, man. Do you remember the what? film career that you tried to get me into? Well, it was six o'clock in the morning. We had to get made up. Remember that? John, John, what do you mean tried to get you into? You were there. You were on set. You and I. I was a Victorian woman in mourning. and you... I was a grave digger, a Victorian yeah. grave digger. Yeah. And it was and starring we were... Neil Pearson and right. Siobhan Redmond. Right, and we were in makeup with them all at That's six right. o'clock in the morning with a terrible hangover. And I'm trying right. to say to Neil, go, so he's been in quite a lot of <laughs> He totally gave me a look of disgust. So anyway, uh, our uh, job, you had to stand by a graveyard, which was actually uh, opposite. I was in Waterloo Place, wasn't it? Was that's that? right. I had, to, I, had to put, I had to lay daffies down as if, you know, I was a Victorian woman in morning, so I had to look upset and put the flowers on the grave. So I did that. And what did you do? I was walking with a shovel over my uh, shoulder, and I walked past the actor, the main actor, and I thought, I'll embellish this with her. You know, just letting on, going, hello, hello. And he, he acknowledged back, I thought, oh, I'm in, I'm in. I've got a wee part here. And, and then we went to the premiere. I remember the, well, we went to the premiere, we got all dressed up, we got very excited, and we obviously had a couple of drinks, went along, sat down, feeling all part of the cast. And you were on the cutting room floor. And, <laughs> and yes, I know. Uh, you weren't, you managed to make it. You yeah, made it. blink. Blink and you missed it, but uh, you... I didn't even get a blink. Inaugural guest, inaugural guest, say hello to our inaugural guest. And our inaugural guest, we're delighted to say a very good afternoon to Catherine Aitken, film producer extraordinaire and friend of Alison and sometimes John. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Um, Now, I'm phoning for a couple of reasons. Yes. Uh, One, to say thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. John Wood's with me. I am here, Catherine. Oh. Yes. Oh, hello, John. Hello, dear. I'm sorry, there is a bone to be picked. Because I remember you got us to star in this wonderful movie, and the bottom line is, 
I ended up on the cutting room floor and my film career plummeted, whereas Alison was on for two seconds and her career has just gone stratospheric. Maybe that's why my film career didn't work out. (laughs) I couldn't speak. (laughs) So what happened then, Catherine? Go on, tell me. Well, well, it was the director, of course, because it had nothing to do with me whatsoever. Oh, the it, Yes, yes. And I think the word lumping was used in, <laughs> with regard to... With regard to... <laughs> with regard to the quality of acting that you and my dear brother-in-law were offering up on that day. I'm sorry to say, I would not, of course, have agreed with them. We didn't even have a line. How did I muck that up? John, John, I think it was something to do, something to do with the way you were holding the spade and digging the grave. I I held that spade for three months before we we shot that. I was trying to get into the park. Was it the Stanislavski school of spade holding? (laughs) Yes, it was. I was wearing I was wearing grave diggers underwear to try and get the movement correct. (laughs) It could have been also that. Neil Pearson was jealous of your performance. And uh, now, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Let's just leave it there, then. Um, I agree with that totally. Totally. I just think... Uh, I, I do think, Catherine, that, that it was something we had to sort out because I have not been out with John over these past God knows how many years without that coming up. You know, not normally at the beginning of the night, but by the end of the night, as he's sitting there staring into his empty glass, you know, know. he's just quite upset about it all these years later and I noticed there that you said your brother-in-law was also on the cutting room floor how's he feeling about it? Well every Christmas every Christmas once we get to the Christmas pudding and he's had a few glasses the same thing he's never forgiven me <laughs> oh, you know, I really thank you for setting the record straight after all these years that it was because he was lumping. Well, or, or Neil Pearson was envious of his performance. Envious, much envious, much envious. I think you're right. I think it must have been that. I mean, I remember being jealous of Neil Pearson because he was wearing makeup and oh, we weren't. Pearson, lumpy Pearson. <laughs> lumpy Pearson. Oh, oh lovely. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. No, but you were a star, Alison. Oh, well, well, Thank you. Know. you. Ear kiss, ear yes. kiss. Bye. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for a lump. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, John. I do still have a few contacts in the film industry. Maybe I can get you in on something. Who knows? A spurious. Yes, wanted lumpy man for part. <laughs> for battle pantomime horse, maybe. <laughs> Lovely, lovely. I'll tell you one thing, Catherine, we were hoping to uh, ask you maybe to come on on a regular basis. You are very up on, you know, the films that are coming out every week and ones that we can stream. And um, I just wondered if you'd just come on every week just for a little burst of what to watch this week, where you can get it and what to avoid. I would love to do that. That would be such good fun. Excellent. Okay, you are now officially part of the What's the Chat podcast. And <laughs> I'm so glad you've put him back in this place. It's taken years to get there. Thank you very end. much. See, Great. Pearson, was... Pearson was jealous. That's the bottom line. <laughs> Lumpy Pearson was jealous. Inaugural guest. Inaugural guest. Say goodbye to our inaugural guest. 
I think one of my favourites was uh, when we were doing the zoo on a Friday and uh, Mickey O'Rourke or Mickey O'Rourke had had there was a story in the paper about him in his nightclub right. in Miami right, yeah. and you phoned him we just ad hoc you got his number off director inquiries and we phoned and you remember the guy uh, we left a message basically live on yeah. here didn't we that's right well I'd actually met Mickey Rook in Miami. He has a bar in Miami, and upstairs in the bar he has a boxing ring because that was his, when he was going through his boxing phase. Uh, and um, we got some photographs. And it transpired that one of his writers, screenwriters, was from Livingston. So we ended up chatting about Scotland, blah, blah, blah. And then, as you say, the story came, and I thought, well, we'll phone him. And the gag was, hi, this is my close personal friend, Mickey Rook. Tell him John Wood phoned, right? So as you say, well, we're both out on the lash, well, what we did, we did what we always did, which is a very professional thing. We finished the show at seven, and by seven o one, we were in Mather's Bar, <laughs> and we were removed from Mather's Bar at closing time when everybody else had left. And we got a taxi back. He dropped you, dropped me at my flat, and then you went to your flat. And I remember distinctly because you went into your flat and picked up a message, which That's was from the door me the door guy the security guy at, at the radio station going there's a mickey rourke been on the phone for you it's quite insistent he's left his number that's and, right and i phoned him from my kitchen and yeah. i got through and then i says look you're gonna have to wait because we're gonna have to go up to the studio and record this so we sneaked in a bottle of wine <laughs> we went to the studio like we needed another drink yeah. And, and you uh, picked me up in a taxi and we went back to the studio. Right. I remember, I mean, God's sake, what a state we were in. We couldn't use any of it because he was effing and blinding and everything. But I the found way it, actually, though. I did find it. I've got it somewhere. I must dig it out and put it onto this podcast. His language was oh, no. appalling. I mean, there was not, as you say, there was not one word that we could have brought. I think we managed to get a couple of sentences to prove yeah. to people that it actually did happen. That's right. But, and we uh, sold yeah. to the, the Daily Mail, I believe. Remember, we sold yeah. with that. But all we got was an ident. This is uh, this is Mickey Root. You listen to Zuku. That's all we got. You know, he was ra- he was raving and right. Ra- we could play it on this though, because nobody's going to be offended. Yeah. Yes, and and the other time I remember was um, Harrison Ford was uh, doing the rounds for um, some film. I can't remember what the film was. Anyway, you. It was always your blooming fault. But anyway, we'd gone out on the Friday night and had a, a rip-snorting bucket as usual. And then I remember just lying on my flat in the morning, the phone going, and it was Grant Stott actually going, Alison, uh, you're supposed to be doing an interview uh, with Harrison Ford now. I was like, oh, oh shit. So I completely missed it. I ble- so they, they made me a t-shirt which said, I blew Harrison Ford off. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> What a high professional state we were in, really, weren't we? Always sober-ish. I remember I had the hangover on the, the Saturday morning, and I, same type of story, got the taxi, I was, oh, no, who, take that. Of course, they, they just started, you know, uh-huh. take that. Oh, hi, what's your name? Hi, I'm Mark. Of course, they're all, hi, I'm Mark. I'm a, right, right, uh, what, what type of music do you? And then Robbie Williams is there, because can you beat me a tennis court down at Medibank? Oh, for God's sake. So I put them a tenner, I see you later. Well, did I know? <laughs> I did the same with them. They came in to do a studio tour. It must have been the same time. And, you know, they, they walked into the studio and they were all standing there lined up, you know, and I was sort of playing the records and chatting. And I turned around and I, nobody told me who they were or what they were doing there. And I just saw these four little faces or five little faces, however many are in the band. And I went, hello. And they went, hello. And I said, and what school are you from? <laughs> it's 
said, we're not from a school, we're we're in a group. And I went, oh, how lovely. And what are you called? And they went, take that. And I went, well, good luck. I you know, patronising old slap. They actually had quite a good idea because at that time they were going around the schools. Uh, and when I was teaching, you used to get some dudes that would come into school and do oh, a podcast. Really? And they used to build up their audience that way. It's a clever way to good do it. Yeah, it's a good idea. Oh. Before things like the World Wide Web. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> How did we ever do that, eh? God, without all that. I'm, I'm glad, though, to be honest, that we didn't have Twitter and Facebook and all that when we were doing our stuff because... As you say, we never had it. I mean, we just had phone. People would just phone in. I remember yeah, we, just... we ended up slagging people who used to buy decorative plates. <laughs> and uh, this woman phoned up and gave me a bollocking because she'd been collecting them for years. Like, oh, sorry, my dear. Yes, you're quite yeah. right. I need a decorative Elvis plate in my hall. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're right. I'm wrong. I used to love it, though, because the phones, you know, when you were doing your show, whether we were doing it together or in, individually or whatever, the phone lines would be there and you just pick up and you'd go, hello, and you'd be, hello, I'd like to speak to somebody about that girl on the radio. And you'd go, oh, yes, uh-huh. what would you like to see? Her language is appalling. Her attitude is awful. And I used to go, well, just turn over and fling down the phone, you know. So it was nice to have that direct contact. Well, do you remember the one that we did, which was which caused havoc? And that was, uh, if you're going to the fourth row bridge, pay your own toll and pay the guy behind you. Yes. Well, I mean, you, you, I mean, we actually had a guy on the phone saying, you nearly, yeah, I'm nearly there, nearly there, I've got three cars to go, two car ride. Okay, but now pay, and pay for the guy behind you, and drive off. Yeah, I'm doing, right, look in your mirror, what's happening? The guy's out the car arguing with the, the, uh, <laughs> the pay-toll person, and eventually, I think it was Chief Inspector Wood phoned up, says, hello, I can I speak to John Wood, please? Hello, yes, uh, this is Chief Inspector Wood here. Now, what you're doing is very funny, but please stop it, because you're causing mayhem on the fourth road bridge. Okay, sorry about that. There was people trying to catch up with the car in front that just paid for them, wondering who it was, if it was somebody they knew. No, I remember that. It was what a hoot. That was good fun. <laughs> Oh, well, that's it. I suppose we should shut up eventually, shouldn't we? We're going to have to extend this, actually, because it's 30 minutes goes by too quickly. There was a few stories today, though. We'll have to dig some of these old interviews out, Alison. Yeah, I know we should. We've got definitely got the Mickey Rourke one, all, all the three words that we can actually broadcast. <laughs> and uh, and I've got the video of me kicking uh, Donny Osmond <laughs> in the leg and falling off a desk. So I'll have to dig that out and maybe put it on our Facebook page, which so, is... Uh, so, so next week we're going to be kicking Donny Osmond in the head <laughs> and we're going to be listening to Mickey Rourke swearing his head off. <laughs> oh, it's all, it's all high-class stuff, frankly. But thank you for listening. It's been an absolute... Thank Pleasure to, to hear from you. And uh, yeah, we shall look forward to, to this time next week. We'll be back to do it all over again. And we're going to, it's all about you as well. We love to hear from you and tell us what uh, what you'd like to hear from us. Um, you can get in touch with us at what's the chat podcast at gmail.com and you can download it and listen to it on any of the services, your Apples and your Googles. And please rate us on there if you like it. And if you don't, pretend you never heard it. Well, we're going to have to go. I've got a big day ahead. I'm going to the kitchen, the bathroom and the living room. So a new outfit for each room, I feel. My goodness me, you really do have a busy, busy day ahead, John. But, you know, it won't be that long. I had my jab this week. Oh, well done. Well done. I'm jabbed up. So I tell you, we'll be in that pub the minute they say they're opening the doors. The question is, which we will discuss at length next time, which pub? It's going to be exciting. But take care, John boy. Cheers. See you soon. My God, it's as if we planned that.